What is up, Lit and Lucid Podcast fans? We are happy to have you back for season six of the show. This season is brought to you by Lit Dispensary and Steve's Goods, both located in the beautiful state of Colorado. Visit our website, litlucid.com, to learn more about our two sponsors and to view our previous episodes. And if you are enjoying the show, be sure to share with a friend and give us a review on your favorite platform. Without further ado, here are your hosts, Lucy and Jared. Welcome, everybody, to another episode of the Lit and Lucid podcast. We are here in season six of the show, so we are super excited to have you all along in this journey. Today, we have Brian Weiss. He is the founder and CEO of LA Cannabis News. They are the first localized cannabis news and media company in North America. So we're going to learn a little bit more about why his company, you know, differentiates itself from other news and media outlets covering cannabis news across the United States. Brian has a unique background in business and the entertainment industry. He grew up in the Hollywood lifestyle, and it sounds like he had um, a pretty famous grandfather. Uh, So hopefully we'll learn a little bit more about that. Uh, But he's kind of used his connections and his experiences to jumpstart his own cannabis business with a little bit help of Canopy Boulder. He went through the accelerator with his business partner, Talia Rubin. So we're going to learn some more about Canopy Boulder as well. I know we've had a couple of guests on our show before that went through the accelerator program. So it's pretty cool to kind of see all of these companies start to evolve and move through the program and become successful. Uh, They started the idea in August of 2007, but the website went live back in 420 in 2018. So with that, what's up, Brian? How's it going? It's going great. It's going great. Thank you very much uh, for having us or having, excuse me, having me on uh, your show today. I appreciate it. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Let's just dive right in. Why don't you tell us what LA Cannabis News is all about and kind of how you got started in the cannabis industry? Yeah, so actually, quick clarification. We actually came up with the idea in August of 2017, not 2007, but close enough. Uh, (laughs) It's all good. Uh, And then we launched the company in 2018. Um, Actually, we came out with a digital issue in February of 2018 because we weren't really quite sure what direction we wanted to go in. And with cannabis becoming legal in the beginning of 2018 in California, uh, we wanted to just get our name out there and sort of start feeling out what people wanted and what people were looking for uh, inside of a media company. We didn't even know that we were going to go the direction we went in uh, until after this digital issue came out. Um, it was cool because the digital issue that we released in February uh, featured about 63 cannabis brands in the state of California, over 54 pages. Uh, it was a digital issue, and it was awesome because most of these companies were all mom-and-pop companies. Um, which are now being pushed out of the industry by some of these bigger companies. Um, you know, so that was that was cool for us um, to be able to you know feature these companies as well as it helped us, um, I guess, start gaining our audience. Uh, we picked up over fifteen thousand subscribers over the next two and a half three months uh, from doing that idea, and from that and and surveying people, we found that um, you know us being in Los Angeles and LA already. Having 88 municipalities, um, there was so much crime and legalization stuff happening that there was a lot of local news to cover. And uh, as we were talking earlier, I mentioned that you know cannabis happens to be started on a hyper-localized level, um, for California at least, in Humboldt County. And now as it spreads legalization you know, throughout the state, is, is obviously legal, but many counties don't allow it. 
And so we saw an opportunity to really report on local cannabis issues, local cannabis policies, regulations, legalization, crime, social equity, um, and a lot of the stuff that really affects the industry today. Uh, my background of getting into the industry actually started my, I started smoking when I was 15 years old, as every most teenagers here in L.A. Um, and um, from there, I actually got into the industry. I was uh, a dealer for a little while, uh, for many years, actually, about 15 of them. Uh, and then I got in trouble. And after I got in trouble, uh, I just became a consumer. <laughs> and when cannabis was becoming legal, uh, some friends said, you know, you should get back in the industry. And I basically said that, no, I'm not getting back in the industry until it becomes a federally, you know, legal drug. <laughs> and um, they're like, well, you can have an ancillary business. And I was like, I don't even know what the word ancillary means. <laughs> And so I did some research and I found out, oh, I don't have to touch the plant. And I was like, well, why would I want to start a cannabis business that doesn't touch the plant? That doesn't sound like any fun. Um, but as I started doing my research, I found that there was no local cannabis news. I found this by you know, uh, searching so many different sources on a daily basis, trying to figure out what kind of business I wanted to build in the industry, that um, I was like, why isn't there one source in Los Angeles where I can find what's going on? Mm -hmm. So I switched my whole search from finding a business to invest in to starting a local media company, um, which is what I basically did. And um, I also come from an entertainment background, which we can chat about. Um, and having the entertainment experience that I've had in the past, uh, as well as some of the connections I currently have and have had in the past as well, I felt like I was in a perfect position and great timing to build out this local cannabis media company. Absolutely. Uh, so do you guys have your own staff where you guys are like going out and searching for stories or people kind of bring things to you or how does it work? So, so far we wanted to start much like a Drudge Report, um, which is a really big mainstream political, mostly Republican view um, newspaper or online newspaper, which happens to be one of the most visited uh, media companies in the world, way bigger actually even than the New York Times. And they get all their stories by aggregation. So we started to aggregate our stories. We figured that if we could create one spot where someone could come and see all the news happening around Los Angeles in one place, that would be awesome. And being a new company, it's you know content's very expensive. Mm -hmm. um, so we basically started aggregating, and we continue to aggregate uh, about 10 to 15 stories a day. Um, and as we've been doing that, it's been awesome because we've been approached by many writers in LA that love what we're doing. And so now we're starting to explore some original content. Um, and now we've been putting out about two to three stories a week, original content uh, mixed in with the other. So we're hoping as we grow, uh, we'll continue to continue to um, you know bring on more original content and get away from the aggregated content. Mm -hmm. But to really to cover the industry like we wanted to on a local level, we have to aggregate a lot of our content. How do you guys compete, you know, with these larger companies like Leafly and Weed Maps and like MJ Biz and Green Entrepreneur? How does that work? Well, we don't. Um, they're all amazing publications. I mean, I, as I said, I've been smoking weed or smoking cannabis, I guess you can say now, for 26 years. And when I first started, I loved a magazine called High Times. And High Times was an amazing, you know, still is an amazing magazine uh, that was great for the consumer side. And there's a lot of great consumer-facing um, publications. But with legalization, um, you know, now in, uh, in front of us, 
um, most of these magazines only cover consumer-facing issues. Um, you know, yes, they do cover bigger news out there, but they're not covering. High Times doesn't care about the dispensaries in Los Angeles or what's happening with the black market here in LA. They care about the bigger stories. They care about legalization. They care about what product you can get high and roll down a hill naked with. Um, but those aren't the things that we care about. And there's a lot of, you know, again, besides High Times, there's there's Freedom Leaf, there's Tokewell. There's MG, there's uh, there's so many of them. They're all amazing, um, but they're all covering different things. And we just really saw an opportunity to uh, cover the local news. And that's really what we started as. We almost see ourselves as like a patch.com or where we're trying to go. So LA is just our first city. Um, we plan on launching more cities at the end of the year. Our parent company is called CN Media, which stands for Canon Nation. So our ultimate goal is more to be like a patch.com where you can click on any state, any country, any city in the world, and just see local cannabis news, events, jobs, and resources, and keep it very simple. And what about, so I, I've been seeing a lot about, you know, some really cool uh, events popping up in LA for cannabis that are cannabis friendly. What is the climate like there for events? Uh, there are, like any other industry, I'd say there are 100 events a day. <laughs> uh, there are events across the board. Um, you can go to business events and learn more about being in the industry itself, uh, whether you want to open a dispensary or you want to learn about social equity, uh, you want to learn about the policies and the regulations happening in Los Angeles, um, to events where there's a brush, I think it's called brush and smoke or brush and toke, yeah. where you can smoke a whole bunch of weed and then paint pictures. Um, there's a lot of parties up in the hills. There's a lot of brands that hold launch parties or launch events. Um, Cannabis Now just opened, uh, which is another amazing, actually one of my favorite cannabis magazines out there. Uh, they just opened a store at the Beverly Connection here in Los Angeles, uh, educating uh, local people about cannabis. They don't sell any cannabis there, um, but you can go in there and, and learn about uh, the different strains and the different products that exist out there. Um, so I think with you know being in LA and uh, this being such a big city, there's a lot of events happening, and there's also a lot of events happening. Um, from what I can tell, like you know, uh, like for the ESPYS, for instance, that are happening this weekend. Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of cross promotion. Last weekend we had the BET Awards. There was a lot of cross promotion. Um, so that's that's also a big angle to it too. So it's not just um, consumers and business people going out to enjoy these events, but it's also celebrities now as well. Mm -hmm. you guys have it lucky in LA man you guys have all the, the good juicy things to talk about and, and combine with cannabis <laughs> we're pretty dry out here in Colorado but, yeah, uh, I that, but uh, there's some good stuff happening out there as well I mean you guys started uh, the role for the whole mushroom situation so that's, true. Hey, that's <laughs> a different conversation no <laughs> nah, um, I mean I, I like yeah. what you guys are doing um, one thing that I kind of want to talk about that's kind of, I know it's probably been a topic of interest, but uh, everybody in Colorado, they keep talking about how California's off to a really slow start and that the, uh, you know, the black market's still kind of hanging on by a thread. Yeah. Um, you know what, you want to talk about it from like the news angle, maybe give us some like downloads, some, some kind of insider yeah, information. You know, I see it more as, you know, Colorado is genius in the sense that they never allowed medical marijuana, uh, you know, up till, you know, several years ago. Um, California made medical marijuana legal in 1996. Sure. So from 1996 to 2017, they had a hard time figuring out medical marijuana. Um, you know, it, it became a complete 
shit show if you don't, you know, know if I say so. Um, and um, during that time period, there's thousands of dispensaries that opened up. And the LAPD, they're busy. They don't have time to go shut all these dispensaries down because they're just going to close their doors and open up somewhere else. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there was no real regulation, I believe, when medical marijuana in 96 was introduced. And over the 20 years until recreational was introduced, um, you know, they kept trying to, the city of Los Angeles or the state of California, kept trying to say, you know, these dispensaries that were open before this year are grandfathered in and these other dispensaries have to close. And it just didn't work. And now, you know, going forward here in 2018 with, you know, recreational now legal, uh, there's even more dispensaries. And with companies like Weed Maps um, and Bud Trader and uh, Leafly, I know, has gotten away from um, highlighting the black market. But Weed Maps and Bud Trader are two companies that really highlight, um, you know, the black market. And unfortunately, with companies like that in existence, these dispensaries and this other, you know, illegal type of actions are going to continue to flourish. Yeah. Um, and also in California, the taxes, the taxes are through the roof for cannabis. Um, you know, most people, even for medical marijuana, if if you need to, you know, you need to buy an eighth, it's going to cost you almost a hundred dollars. And you know, I remember when I was in Boulder. An eighth of wheat cost me 12 bucks. Yeah. <laughs> it's the most amazing thing in the world. <laughs> and, uh, you know, just the, the taxes and just the way everything's been introduced here. Um, you know, I, I didn't vote for Proposition 64. I thought it was a horrible, horrible idea um, to make cannabis legal in, in the state of California. I just don't think that California is ready for it yet. All right. Whereas Colorado, and you guys really, you know, had your, your stuff together and, and knew exactly how it was going to be done and how it was going to be regulated and, and for that, the, it was really hard for the black market to, you know, be established there. Everything there is, you know, on the underside. It's not publicly on weed maps. If you go on weed maps, everything that's on there is legal. Mm-hmm. If you go on weed maps here in California, more than 75% of the stuff on there is illegal. Um, so it's just, uh, you know, I, I'm a very opinionated person with all of this stuff, but I just I'm not in agreement with the way this, the state of California is operating this. Um, you know, on the wonderful side of things, uh, cannabis is the only industry um, that has helped um, with decriminalizing cannabis and helping people that are in jail right now, no matter what state you're in, to get out of jail for you know a crime that they should not be in jail to begin with. Yeah. Um, no other industry has done that. The entertainment industry, the technology industry. Nobody's helped, you know, prisoners get out of jail and get jobs, uh, except for the cannabis industry. That's so true. And nobody's helped uh, veterans besides the cannabis industry. So as much as, you know, there's a lot of legalization problems here in California and there's a lot of, you know, um, good stuff that Colorado is doing, um, as cannabis industry as a whole, I think is doing some amazing stuff right now. Yeah. And hopefully with legalization as it continues, uh, maybe the rest of the country will pay attention and, and really start helping um, groups of people um, that only really seems like the cannabis industry can do. Yeah, true. And I hope, you know, California, I'm sure everything will shake out. It just takes time. But, you know, California really shot themselves in the foot, especially the government when they unveiled the program and they had all the debacles in the last two years with license, licensing and slow licensing and I'm sitting over here and I keep reading the news reports and I'm like, well, why wouldn't they go back to the black market? You know, they have their license held up for for months and they're building up these facilities and dumping tons of money into it. What's the incentive of, you know, having the license yanked or not getting it for another eight months and you're just losing more money? 
And so I mean, yeah, I totally see it from even operators that want to operate in a legal market. I don't think the government and, or, you know, what do they call it? The Bureau of Cannabis Control. Um, I don't uh-huh. think the BCC has really stepped in and, and made it an easy process for these operators to come in and, and produce it and, you know, shape up the market like we have here in, Col- in Colorado. So I don't even know what the time. BCC does besides attend conferences. Every yeah. single week there's uh, representatives from the BCC speaking at other conferences. They should be doing their job, not like they attending really all these cannabis events and being in the limelight, which is what seems like is happening here in uh, California. And actually, I know there's even a shift happening right now within the BCC of uh, other people leaving that aren't really doing their job and new people coming in. So hopefully the new people coming in and some of the hirings that they've been doing will will help change some of this stuff. But they've been dragging their feet way too long. They just keep establishing new boards and new you know departments and committees, and all these departments and committees just aren't doing anything. Yeah. And you know we talk to uh, LAPD officers all the time, and they tell us they don't have the money to go shut down these black market places unless the state of California wants to bring in the National Guard, mm-hmm. um, you know, or bring in you know federal agents. It's nearly impossible to get all these places shut down. And they've talked about recently shutting their power off. They passed um, two different votes to shut their power off. Still, all these dispensaries, their power is on. Uh, I know another county put cement blocks in front of uh, the dispensaries um, and cemented their doors, uh, which could be a fun idea, but they've shown dispensaries that literally just close down and move right next door. Yeah, yeah, um, I can see that. So it, it's, it's interesting. It, it'll, you know, we'll see what happens over the next few years. And, um, you know, it sucks, though, because I know so many great operators that, like you said, are, their licenses are being held up. And then there's people that have so much money and famous people that are getting their brands and their dispensaries open left and right. Mm-hmm. And they're not even people that should be in this industry. They're just doing it, you know, more for the hype. And, you know, they're not even really doing things um, to board. They're just getting passed because of money and and uh, power. Yeah. yeah. I, I read something the other day and it was totally like, uh, I mean, somebody was obviously poking a little bit of fun, but they were trying to say, that a lot of the celebrity brands, a lot of the products are actually extremely it's subpar. It's 100% true. They're subpar <laughs> products. So I was like, well, shoot, yeah. man. They could have at least tried to make a good product or something and slap their name on it. Yeah, but... I mean, if you look at Chelsea Handler, she's attached to like four different cannabis companies now. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. I was like, like really? watering it all down. <laughs> yeah, totally. And now I just read a, a press release this morning that on July 4th, there's a new dispensary in L.A. opening called the Kispensary. Oh my it's gosh. Gene, Gene Simmons' new dispensaries. Oh, and he's opening two locations, like right away. And they're called Kispensary, and it's going to carry Kiss um, cannabis products. Oh my goodness. Well, it'll be like the, the Walmart <laughs> version of the weed right there, I'm sure. <laughs> and awesome. Planet 13, I know, actually just got a uh, license too to open in Los Angeles. And there, you know, I don't know if you've ever been there in Las Vegas, yeah. mm-hmm. but it's, it is like Walmart. It's monstrous. <laughs> Well, that's unfortunate, you know, because, you know, there are these, you know, legitimate companies that have, especially in Humboldt, they've been doing, you know, cannabis cultivations for many generations, and they just don't simply have the funds to compete with these people. And it's sad, really. Yeah, my brother is actually our our CFO, and he's also an accountant up in Humboldt, and he represents a lot of these people that you're talking about. And we talk about it all the time about how sad it is that so many of these mom and pop companies or people, you know, excuse me, that have been in the industry for the past 25, 30 years, it's generational 
uh, are being forced out by, you know, someone in their mid-20s who just got $20 million mm-hmm. from some family office in Boston that know nothing about cannabis. Right, absolutely. Yeah, yeah they're just producing, you know, mass quantities of it, and it just, oh, yeah. they don't understand cannabis, they don't understand the culture, and it is, I mean, it's oh. a bad recipe at the end of the day. I mean, you think about this, you know, if you had somebody that, you know, you need cabinets put in your house, I'm pretty sure you'd hire somebody who knows a little bit about cabinets to install cabinets in your house. <laughs> it's the same thing, the people that are cultivating your marijuana, they're probably not from a culture or haven't been growing marijuana for 20, 20 plus years. They're venture mm-hmm. capitalists who can go put a lease on a warehouse. Yeah. Yeah. And throw some lights in there and then kind of produce it probably like it's supposed to for a couple of years and then fire all the master growers and do it their own way. And that's what we're left with. Yeah. It's, uh, I it. see it a lot. I talk to people about this sometimes where I'll say to them, like, I see it sort of like the beer industry in the sense that you have you know, Coors and Miller and Budweiser and, you know, three companies that really nobody likes their beer. I mean, people, most Americans, you know, a lot of Americans drink their beer, but at the end of the day, most people don't like it. And then all of a sudden, you know, maybe 15, 20 years ago, you saw microbrews starting to pop up all over the place. And companies like Fat Tire, for instance, like which I know is, you know, I think from Colorado to begin with, um, you know, became huge. And I see that sort of happening with the cannabis industry. You'll see a bunch of the the bigger name brands that don't have good quality, but they're big, will be big. And then after a few years, a bunch of companies, you know, that are newer and better will come out and be bigger and stronger and they'll get bought by those bigger companies. Right. Yeah. But at least there'll be better quality, I think, in time that will be legal. I just think that in the meantime, at least for California, that uh the black market's going to thrive for the next five to ten years unless they figure something out and they figure it out quickly. Yeah. And I think national legal, legalization is going to really benefit California greatly. Because, um, mm-hmm. I, I mean, we all know it. We know we all know who's supplying the East Coast with, with cannabis. It's a lot of California mm-hmm. and a lot of the West Coast yep. people. So, I mean, it's going to be the same thing when it's all legalized. I think it's still going to be produced in the same regions. And those regions are going to, are going to have some clout to it. And it's probably yeah. hopefully you... still going to be able to, you know... Uh, to demand a higher price on the East Coast just because of where it's grown and who it's cultivated by. Yeah. We'll see when uh, actual legalization happens. Maybe oh, uh, Trump might do it as a last-minute thing to save his election, <laughs> uh, although he's going to be elected anyways, unfortunately. But uh, there's no one that could beat him. But um, uh, he might do it just to, to win over the people. But and if he doesn't to do it to win over the people, it won't happen until after he leaves office. Just, uh, there's just too many hurdles with the FDA and the FCC and this person and that person and children and all sorts of organizations that will really hold it back for a while. Um, you know, they, they can't even get some of these states together. So I think they, it's, it's going to be a while. I think it's going to be more of a states act type of a thing until it's, yeah. um, you know, for at least the next five or six years. Uh, I think the next big thing is going to be the interstate commerce stuff that mm-hmm. uh, I know Oregon introduced last week. Um, to allow at least for cannabis to be transferred between, you know, California and Colorado or uh, Washington and Oregon or Oregon and California, which, you know, right now you cannot do. Mm-hmm. Um, but that would be, I think, a, a good step in the right direction. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree. Because even you think about product manufacturers like vape pens and stuff, they can then hopefully they can you mm-hmm. know, sell their product direct from California and sell it to Colorado and they don't have to move to Colorado and set up shop to sell. And I know totally. that's been a, a huge hurdle for a lot of companies with these, uh, you know, even large brands that want to go to another state, you have to set up a whole other shop or find a contract manufacturer. Oh, yeah. So it's a whole process. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, it's, uh, 
Yeah, it's it's crazy. I mean, the CBD. I mean, people can ship it anywhere. You should be able to do it with this. And CBD is not even really legal. <laughs> yeah, CBD is a yeah, whole other problem. Yeah, the federal government's gonna be sidetracked <laughs> with CBD for the next three years, anyway. So. <laughs> Talk about a shit show. <laughs> yeah, totally. Oh, that, and the crazy part is like, no, it, with cannabis, there's so many derivatives of cannabis that's like they're worried about THC and CBD. Wait till like THCA and CBDN and all these other ones come out. Like it's just going to be an endless, you know, craziness until they, um, you know, really figure it out. And, you know, it's unfortunate the FDA that already moves slow with things that are, you know, dire issues in the United States, like cancer and AIDS. Um, cannabis is going to be the last of their concerns. So I, I feel it's going to be a while till, um, you know, that stuff's properly researched. Um, and the right, uh, I guess, classifications are issued for cannabis. Yeah, absolutely. Well, let's switch gears. Let's go back to um, LA Cannabis News. Uh, I know you guys worked with Canopy Boulder. So explain to us a little bit more about that accelerator program and kind of how it helped your business out. Sure. Um, so we, uh, we actually didn't know that we wanted to be part of an accelerator. I found them... Uh, just out of a fluke in a sense, I was starting to look to see who invests in cannabis when we started this whole thing. And I came across this accelerator called Canopy Boulder and we ended up getting in and we flew to Colorado and it was an amazing experience. It was ran by a man named, uh, two guys actually, uh, Patrick Ray and, um, Bob Goodman. And, uh, it was also Micah Tapman, although I think he left Canopy. Um, and it was awesome. They really helped us accelerate our company. Um, they helped us learn more about, like, we knew what we wanted to do with our business, but they helped us, like, learn about, you know, creating a pitch deck, how to pitch to these investors, who some of the biggest players, you know, were in cannabis, um, you know, who the big investors are, how to get in touch with them, um, you know, really how to build our brand and how to get to the next level, how to, you know, build a team, um, which is important, um, you know, and, and just, all the rights, I guess, all the good business steps to accelerate our company. Like it's, you know, it's called an accelerator. I mean, we were already launched when we got there. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, being there, sometimes I felt slowed us down a little bit because we were in Colorado and we were an LA-based company, and there was all these events and conferences and news and stuff happening in LA, and you know, we're a thousand miles away in Colorado, and we weren't there. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I thought that's a part of that slowed us down. But at the end of the day, when we finished the program. Um, I really feel it helped us out. We met a lot of amazing other entrepreneurs uh, that were a part of the program from all over the country doing, you know, all sorts of cool things, just like uh, Jackson, I know that you had on from Green Genomics, and your buddy Paul Good um, from Demeter, and I know you had Andrew Duffy on, as you said, um, from, forget their company, Best and Grow. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, and we met so many great people there, and it's really cool to, you know, see some of these companies uh, continue to grow, and, you know, other companies, unfortunately, you know, fall off the wagon, and, uh, it's great to learn um, and to have that type of you know opportunity for any company. I know accelerators exist in every type of industry, and you know I encourage anybody who's trying to start a business to check out you know an accelerator in your city or to check out you know the accelerators that exist within the industry that you're trying to get into um, because it's not just a great opportunity, but you meet great people. And it really does help your business, and it definitely helped our business. We, at the end of the accelerator, we had the opportunity to present on the main stage at ArcView uh, in Los Angeles. ArcView is, for those of you who don't know, uh, is a really big investment group. Uh, they're also the main investors for Canopy Boulder, 
Um, and so we had the opportunity to present in front of 500 investors. Um, and that was an awesome uh, experience for us. And there was no way we would have been able to have that experience if it wasn't for Canopy Boulder. So, um, you know, I, I definitely encourage people to um, check out an accelerator, an incubator to help get their business to the next level. Cool. And with that, why don't we just kind of go with what it would be some good advice for some young entrepreneurs looking to enter the cannabis industry? Uh, well, I'm a big researcher. Um, my dad was a television agent. Um, my family used to own a very big talent agency, and they discovered and created some of the biggest TV shows in the world. And every time I had a new idea, I would tell my dad about it, and my dad would say, you know what, it's probably already been done and it failed for a reason. And I would then go on the internet and look it up and see, oh my God, this was actually done and it failed. Oh, <laughs> and you know, and that's my advice to people is when you come up with an idea, research it. You know, it, Just because you haven't heard of it yet doesn't mean it doesn't exist or someone else hasn't already tried it. Um, you know, Maybe someone already tried it and you can do something different with that idea and make it even better. Um, so, like, I, I would just say, like, you know, do your research, um, you know, ask people for advice. Um, so far in this industry, in the cannabis industry, at least, the people I've met have been happy, good-hearted people. Um, you know, mostly in, in other industries, it seems that they care more about themselves. In this industry, it seems that people are very, um, you know, wanting to help each other. And I would ask for advice, you know, ask people you know, is this been done? What is your opinion? Do surveys. Um, you know, there's a lot of stuff that people can do on their own as one person before they, you know, really get started in this industry. And, and also the, one of the most important things I would say actually is that to be very careful of so-called cannabis consultants. <laughs> there are thousands of people right now. I get so many emails on a daily basis from another cannabis consultant <laughs> claiming to me that they can introduce me to all the biggest executives in the industry and that they know everybody and they can get me funded overnight and all sorts of things, but only if I send them $4,500 up front. <laughs> uh, you know? And so just like every other industry, there's a lot of people that are going to try and scam you. Um, you know, and especially in a new industry. So I just, I advise people to be careful, do your research, uh, do your homework, uh, make sure the people you're working with are legal and, um, and have fun. I love that. and that's, that's it. That's great those advice. Are, are all, that's all solid advice. Truly. Take note, people write that down, <laughs> put it on your wall or something. Because <laughs> I mean, we, yeah, we do the, we do a digital marketing agency and there's still people who come to us and they have ideas and. It's usually what we send them back to do is say, well, I think you need to do a little more digging with your idea. Go do some research. Mm -hmm. a few things. So, I mean, it's all just a part of your business. I mean, once you start a business, I can guarantee there's still going to be every week you're probably going to be looking up a new thing to expand your business or trying to refine skills and get better. And research is like a part of your daily basis pretty much. So. Yeah, absolutely. And as, as we even scale, like every single day I learn something new. I'm like, oh, my God, I'm doing this completely wrong. So, you know, yeah. I think it's really important to know your business, um, you know, and, and, you know, by doing the research that way, when you do start your business and someone says something to you, you can say, hey, you know what? No, that's not the case. I did my research. I know what this is supposed to be. Yeah. Um, and, and that'll help you a lot longer. And, and I think your business will become a lot more successful, you know? Absolutely. Yeah. Cool. Well, we, uh, we look forward to watching you grow, Brian, and watching LA Thanks. Cannabis News grow. And I think you guys have a very firm foundation and you guys have done... So, you know, extraordinary work so far. 
Thank you very much. I appreciate it. Yeah. Yeah. And for everybody in LA, definitely check out the LA Cannabis News for all of your local news tips. Um, that's very cool, especially with the events. I know it's de- very difficult to find events, you know, online and things like that. So I think this is a, probably a really good resource for some localized information that you're probably didn't even know existed. Uh, so check them out. It's uh, lacannabisnews.com, I'm assuming. Cool. And we're on Facebook and Instagram and Twitter as well. Awesome. Well, check them out. And thank you so much, Brian, for sharing your uh, information with us. We really appreciate it. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. I really appreciate it as well. This has uh, been an awesome uh, opportunity. I thank you very much. Yeah, cool. cool. You are very welcome. And with that, I'm Lit. I'm Lucid. And that's it. Laters. Introducing Lit Dispensary, Denver's newest cannabis experience. Ample parking, large selection, the best prices on high quality cannabis in Denver. Ounces starting at $79, live resin at $20 a gram. Come by and smell for yourself. 1630 Federal Boulevard, Denver, Colorado. 303-455-9333. We have known Steve for over a year now and find his products to be one of the most reputable sources of CBD and other cannabis products on the market. With so many imitation oils being sold online, it's important to source products from companies you trust. Steve's Goods is that company. Steve's Goods is an award-winning Colorado-based CBD company offering organic and locally sourced products at unbeatable prices. Visit www.stevesgoods.com for more info.